Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Broadcasted live. There are balls coming from all over the place. Left field, center field, right field. See, this this is the kind of thing, quite honestly, right now, that makes you want to see the Chicago Cubs team lose. Now, are you just saying you want to have fun, or do you really want to have fun? It'll be fun. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, or get them out of here? You don't live in Cleveland. Get in You talking to me? You talking to me? That is the farthest thing in the universe from the truth. Hello, everyone. Live, it's the Dan Scott Show. And right there is your host, Dan Scott. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome to the Grumpy Old Broadcasters Podcast. This is episode 30. I am Dan Scott. Good to have you with us. Tom Van Hoy will be here. Dave Glenn will be here. Uh, Working on getting the full band back together, man. It's been a while since Cobb Oxford and Dory Kidd-Smith have been with us, but uh, hoping that we're going to be able to get that taken care of here inside the the next couple of weeks. But we're glad to have you with us uh, on this uh, episode 30, as I said, and as we record this on Monday, it is the first Monday after Selection Sunday that we've had since 2019. No tournament for the NCAA uh, basketball brand last year because of the pandemic shutdown. And uh, so I'm excited about it. A little bit of normalcy returning to our lives. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. And in fact, one of the things that I used to do on the old radio show was print out the bracket on Monday, and with no thought, no research, nothing, just go down the bracket and uh, take the left side, the right side, and just pick the games live on the air and then see how ridiculous that bracket proved to be. We're going to do that again. Uh, We're going to kind of resurrect that. Uh, Tom's going to do it with us, uh, and uh, we'll have some fun. Dave Glenn will be here again uh, in the uh, second half of the podcast and the ACC gets seven teams into the tournament, but two of those teams are not Duke or Louisville. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? So all that's coming up, some college baseball talk and some other things as well. Podcast is presented by Tadaro Pizza. They are located on Markley Street in downtown Greenville at the West End, just down from Floor Field, the Greenville Drive Ballpark. The uh, pizza, as I always tell you, bucket list pizza. You need to check it out. If you're not from this area, you're coming into the upstate of South Carolina, put that on your food to-do list. And uh, the people are even better. John and his folks have gone just so far above and beyond to make sure you have a safe dining experience indoor. And now that the weather's warming up, outdoor dining is available. And uh, you're going to want to check it out. Todaropizza.com, T-O-D-A-R-O, pizza.com is the website. And you can find the menu, the operating hours, everything there. The Sloan Street location in Clemson is still open for takeout and delivery only. And you can find information at that same website. Tadaro Pizza, they are the presenting sponsor of Grumpy Old Broadcasters. Also need to thank the other sponsors who have jumped on board the podcast with us, uh, beginning with Ed Patterson and your uh, state farm agent in Cherry Dell Plaza in Greenville. Hall of Fame Sports Grill. 
They are on Wade Hampton Boulevard, also in Greenville. And by the way, check out their bracket contest they have for the NCAA tournament, the March Madness bracket. Uh, you're going to go in, fill out that, and have a chance to win some fabulous prizes. Pickens Family Chiropractic and my uh, guy Brian Dooley in uh, downtown Pickens, South Carolina, and uh, Hank's Beverages. Uh, they are located in Greenville as well. And the Atlanta Bread Company uh, on Cherry Dell in Greenville. Those are also sponsors of our podcast. All right, to break, uh, we go. We've got uh, some folks we need to tell you about. And when we come back, we'll get right into it and uh, start looking at this NCAA tournament bracket. Don't go away. Every sports fan's goal should be make it to the Hall of Fame. Well, we have you covered with Hall of Fame Sports Grill at 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard in Greenville. Known for their great food and fantastic daily specials, Hall of Fame has you covered with all the game action on their 30 televisions. Plus weekly events like Tuesday night's bar trivia for dummies, Wednesday night's music bingo, Thursday night's dirty bingo, and karaoke with Fred Rock every Friday. That's 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard, HalloFameSportsGrill.com. You might know that State Farm agent Ed Patterson has great service. He's your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates too? Yep, that's right. Along with good neighbor service, State Farm agent Ed Patterson has surprisingly great rates for everyone in Greenville. So call State Farm agent Ed Patterson at 864-322-0031 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. We are just getting cranked up on this week's offering. Good to have you with us. Thank you for continuing to support what we do. We ask you just to continue to listen, uh, like, share, do all of those good things, and uh, we'll try to um, up our game and, and maybe be at least moderately entertaining as we move forward, which Tom Van Hoy is easier for some than others, right? Well, yeah, I guess I'd be moderately entertaining, but it depends on who, who makes that call. And, you know, you said uh, offering, and, you know, it's kind of, like, kind of like baseball. We might be high and outside. I don't know. <laughs> or, or maybe maybe uh, in the dirt. Yeah, yes, a bit outside. <laughs> Bounced it up there. And, and you know, the, the entertaining factor, too, can also be subjective because, you know, to – people our age are we entertaining maybe not but i bet your children think that you're entertaining in the sense that they make fun of you quite a bit well yes that would be true and you know without trying to <laughs> to do anything like that it's just i think it's a natural inc inclination for kids anyway you know? yeah well yeah i know it was, you, was for me like, I, i've experienced it on both ends it's like where have you been well i did uh 15 games and oh okay good you know all right you know, can we go outside and jump on the trampoline? And go, yeah, that's I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> I can still do it, Dan. That's what that's what even better about it. <laughs> and you know what? And 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 if I want to be entertained, I want to see that someday. I, I want to see Tom Van Hoy well, on a trampoline. Yeah, it's uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not bad if I don't say so for uh, where I am chronologically. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
if, it's good if, exercise. Anyway, if, like if, said, if there was a senior trampoline circuit, are you telling me that on, you're on there it? There we go. Okay. I, I'm on, you're on to something here, Dan. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, what Einstein said, I didn't fail 5,000 times. It's just 5,000 ways not to make a light bulb. So, you yeah. know, if we tried the professional trampoline for seniors, <laughs> it probably would be a failure from the get-go. Like many other things that, that we have tried uh, over the course of uh, our long and, and not so illustrious careers. We had another busy weekend. Uh, some college football, some college baseball, um, a, a lot to delve into. And Tom, as I mentioned in the open, this is the first Monday after a selection Sunday that we've had since 2019 because there was no NCAA tournament last year. So everybody is is going crazy over having actual brackets to fill out. Yeah, I tell you, it was like uh, everybody waiting for it, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, Illinois and Ohio State goes overtime. You go, come on, man, we want to get we want to get to the bracket. You already got it filled out. So, and I, you know, I think over the years too, Dan, that that show has gotten better in terms of. They used to draw it out, draw it out, and now they kind of pop it up there and let you know if, if you're your team is in of course you understand why they draw it out because if you see your team's not there then you're gone or you know things like that well but, C- cbs got a bunch of criticism I, I think it was four years ago uh when it took them 77 minutes to completely reveal the bracket and uh, I, I think the fan uprising uh, really got their attention because they got right to it yesterday yep so i thought it was well done you knew, you knew, and moved on. You can do all the breaking down afterwards. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's re, and, let's rebuild the team. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. And and you, and you and I are going to do it coming up here in just yes. a bit with uh, <laughs> with with no research or forethought go. at all. One of the things that used to do on the old Dan Scott show in the Clemson radio days, when this day rolled around, would print out a bracket, and, and on that Monday on the show. I would fill out my bracket on the air live. Uh, again, no no research, nothing. And, and usually my bracket indicated that there was no research or anything to it. So we're going to do that again today. Tom's going to fill one out. I'm going to fill one out. We'll just start uh, here in a minute with the uh, left side of the bracket, go down uh, the initial games on both sides, and then get to our uh, Sweet 16 Final Four and eventually our champion. So all that's coming up. I want to spend some time first though uh, talking a, a little bit about this weekend um you and I were part of the uh the Furman football broadcast as spring football continues and and Tom I don't know if you're getting the same feeling that I am but but following uh, who I follow on social media and and some of the the things I see on Twitter spring football looks like it's starting to get a little bit of traction uh, in, in the FCS is starting to get a little more notice from other areas around the country. It's not getting the big national blow up like, like you would hope, but it, it does seem to be getting a little bit of traction right now. Well, unfortunately uh, in the fall and there's so much emphasis on the FBS and what teams are going to make, you know, their, their final four, so to speak, and, and all that. And it goes on from a week to week basis. And, you know, in the FCS you have, you know, eventually you're going to have a playoff at the end of the year. And, and uh, you know, you 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 don't get the publicity that the other ones do to a certain extent. But I think people just love football, Dan. I think this is a pretty good exa- example this spring of, you know what, they're, they're playing football. Let's let's take a look. And, you know, maybe there are some out there that uh, 
don't know a whole lot about the FCS level, and I think they're seeing a, a pretty good brand of football. And I've heard some people say, well, if, if this proves to be even moderately popular this spring, playing out of necessity, maybe the FCS level should look at playing in the spring all the time. And uh, that's just not going to work. Uh, and there are multiple reasons uh, it's not going to work. First and foremost is every FCS team in a normal year has to play at least one money game. And, and, and those money games can range from $250,000, $350,000 up to a half million dollars or more that goes into the athletic department's budget. That's why they play them. Some schools play multiple money games against bigger teams. So unless you had a television contract that guaranteed every FCS team that kind of money to play in the spring, it ain't going to happen. And then the other reason that you couldn't play in the spring, I think, is because of recruiting. Now, the, the, the nature of the recruiting cycle, I just don't think it would work. So this is a one-time thing in my mind, a bit of an anomaly, but I'm, ha- I'm glad it's here. Somebody asked me the other day if it was weird calling football in the spring, and I said, well, in one sense, yeah, but in another sense, it's fun because even though it's in the springtime, it's, it's again brought just a little slice of normalcy back to our lives. Yeah, it was just an unprecedented time and, and made that decision not to play in the fall. And you need to, you need, or hopefully you can, you can play. Now the, the problem or one of the situations to discuss is the quick turnaround from the end of the spring to, to going back into it next fall. But you're playing eight games, Southern Conference, and normally you're going to play more than that. The playoffs have been pared down. So you're normally going to play more playoff games. And, you know, if you did that in the spring, you're going to be extended to, uh, you know, June or something. It, it would be a long situation there in terms of scheduling and so forth. And, and then it just, uh, whether we're conditioned or not, and the same thing with, with high school football, I do all those games on television. We did South Carolina when they played in the fall. We're doing North Carolina right now in the spring. And it's just you know, to me anyway, you just play football in the fall. Well, I think there are a lot of reasons why, again, long-term making this a permanent move wouldn't work. I think it was the right decision to play this fall uh, for a myriad of reasons. Number one, the, the, the kids deserve the opportunity to play. You know, some schools didn't view it that way. There, there were schools that opted out. There are 130-some-odd FCS-level schools that play football, and, and I think, what, 97 or, or 98 are actually playing. Some schools, when they tee up in the fall, will not have played since the fall of 2019. It'll be two years. What kind of detrimental effect is that going to have on the football program? And, and I know safety with the pandemic and all of that comes into play, but I go back to Major League Baseball last summer. They showed it could be done. And, that, that, you know, some schools that have opted out of it, and this is just a personal opinion, Tom. It's my feeling. While safety, I'm sure, plays a role in it, I'm sure there are some schools that simply didn't want to spend the money. And, and, well, I, and, I, and I think that's sad. Yes. Yeah, that's sad in a sense for the, the players who, you know, had committed their – their athletic lives to playing football at those universities. Yeah. I mean, that I was going to go down that road in terms of it's definitely when you talk about testing and, and all that, none of nobody saw that coming. And in many cases, uh, including at the, at the FBS level, the, the uh, revenues are stretched thin uh, in terms of uh, are you profitable and, and things like that. So 
as you kind of go down the, the football food chain to a certain extent, I think it becomes difficult uh, when you're trying to have that kind of monetary success and trying to fund, fund other programs. Um, you know, and the other part about Dan is that, and we've witnessed it firsthand that when you play football in, in the spring, uh, you have so many other spring sports that are going on mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I think in a certain extent it takes away from some of those. And then also the people that are involved with the sports information and, and all that. I mean, th- those people, uh, you know, kudos to them for what they've been able to accomplish with everything that's going on this spring as well. With, with all of the fall sports in, in the Southern Conference playing in the spring and, and, and many other conferences around the country are doing the same thing at, at the FCS level or or have uh, the, the other sports or NCAA, uh, the, the quote-unquote FBS level, if you will. But um, at Furman, for instance, when basketball was still going on last week, we have 18 varsity sports at Furman. 15 of them were playing at one time. Yeah. And, and, and when you have a four-person sports information staff and you have uh, all the other staffing issues uh it it does tax you there's no question about it so that's another reason i think long term this doesn't work but i think everybody was was willing and and in most places i think even eager to tackle the challenge this spring because i i think the schools and maybe it's a southern thing i don't know but they 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 need football financially as as well as as uh, maybe just for a little bit of a uh, a morale boost. And Dan, the same thing at the high school level. They need those uh, those rival games and and everything to help to help fund lots of different things. Yeah, no question about it. So that was our Saturday. Uh, then on uh, Sunday, yesterday, as we're recording this on Monday morning, you and I were back at Floor Field at the West End, lost an hour's sleep. It was dark when we got there for a <laughs> 9 a.m. first pitch for <laughs> there you go. for uh, uh, the, the first game that we did, Michigan and uh, – I've already forgotten. Purdue. Purdue, yeah, Purdue. Michigan and Purdue. Yeah. And I tried to forget it because it took four hours and nine <laughs> minutes yes. to play a nine-inning <laughs> baseball game, which, which pointed out to me, and I, I made the point during the broadcast, one of the things that's wrong with a game of baseball right now with, with some of the things that were happening there. But then we turn around uh, the second game with uh, Michigan State and Northwestern and, and had a fantastic finish in that one, a uh, game-winning three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning lifted Northwestern to the victory. So – um, I guess even in a, a situation where it may be "quote unquote" bad baseball, and it took four hours and nine minutes to play a nine-inning game, we were still at the baseball park, and, and, oh, all, yeah. and ultimately, all, that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, we always talk about it in that regard. We're trying to get in the stadium; things were locked, and we just kind of followed Michigan State in. We <laughs> got into the ballpark, but yeah, with nine pitchers. In game one, in uh, 16 walks and 17 strikeouts and 348 pitches. And, you know, that, that happens sometimes when you're talking. Usually we're d- talking about this on what would be a Sunday of a three-game set. These were four games, so you're into your fourth starting pitcher. Your your bullpen has been taxed a little bit to a certain extent. So we saw some of that, but... You know, the week before when we were fortunate to do those games for Big Ten Plus and uh, Television Network, uh, we, we saw, you know, Maryland and Michigan State play a 3-2 ball game in two hours and nine minutes. Really good stuff. Move the runners over, do a lot of things like that. 
But as uh, we were talking about on the air yesterday, one of the keys is put that ball in play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and no doubt folks have seen the, um, the the latest implement of experimental rule changes that Major League Baseball and Commissioner Rob Manfred are putting in play at various levels of the minor leagues this year. And it's all involved to get um, more action in the game. And my response to that is put the ball in play. That That is the first way to get more action in the game. Cut down on strikeouts. If you're a hitter, you have to change your approach when you have two strikes to make contact, to put the ball in play, and that seems to be a lost art in, in uh, a lot of levels of baseball today. That's one thing. And then the other thing is, and, and the thing that got me on my crotchety old man's soapbox yesterday during that Michigan uh, and Purdue game, was how long every single pitcher was taking between pitches and batters stepping out of the box and 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 taking their sweet time getting back in the box and waiting for the walk-up music to finish playing before they got into the box and 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 all of these things that are so superfluous to the game that if you just rectify that you're going to speed up the game. I don't mind and and you and I've talked about this some. I don't mind a three, three-and-a-half-hour baseball game if there's a lot of activity to it. And, and and to the point, in that Michigan-Purdue game yesterday, talking uh, about how slow things were going, and, I mean, we were at the two-hour mark uh, at the end of four-and-a-half innings. That that's, yep. how, that's how bad it was yesterday. Uh, you get into, what was it, the seventh inning, and uh, – Purdue, I think, brought in a pitcher who actually worked quickly and got the ball over the plate. He wasn't pitching from behind in the count. Every count didn't go 3-1-3-2. And and he got knocked around a little bit, but he was throwing strikes. He was working relatively quickly. The ball was being put in play, and for about an inning and a half, it was a crisp baseball game. And I'm like, okay – Let's do this for nine innings. And, and I know there are points where you have to slow things down sometimes, and, and, and I get that. But the pace of the game is the bigger issue and, and, and not putting the ball in play enough. You want to get more action? Take care of those issues. Now, in the second game, I thought was pretty, pretty well played. Uh, you know, Michigan uh, going at it with Northwestern and, and the way that it turned out with the three-run home run uh, in the bottom of the ninth uh, to win the game. Uh, was it was a good game. So, you know, and, and kudos to the drive for bringing those t- teams in. Of course, the relationship with uh, the owner of the uh, the drive, Craig Brown's a Michigan State alum. And uh, Michigan State, we've been out there quite a bit over the years. They're, they're always here. And pod play in the Big Ten. They're trying to play, get as many games as they can in. All those teams from the, you know, upper Midwest and in the Northeast, it's really tough to get games in. So, They've Big Ten's been in the the uh, pod play for a while. They were in Texas. They were in the Dome in Minneapolis, and they were at, at Fleur Field. Forty-four games. That's all they're going to play. All conference games uh, as well. And um, so they're trying to get those games in as well. And those those uh, uh, seasons a year ago were truncated. They got about 13, 14 games. I know you and I were doing a. I think we finished up Furman and Quinnipiac on like March the twelfth or thirteenth, and waiting for College uh, College of Charleston to come in and. And the season's over at that point. So they're, 
there's always in, in for teams in the upper Midwest in the Northeast, it's always great to just get out and play right. this time time of year. You know, just so get it done. And I, and I think most of them enjoyed coming down. You know, the protocols with the Big Ten in place that they only allowed like four four uh, family members per player and coach things like that. So you know, relatively small crowd. All right, let's uh, let's get to the bracket quickly before we have to get to a break here. And Dave Glenn will be joining us on the other side. Um, and try to get this done in just a couple of minutes. So that's how that's how much forethought that we're putting into this. There you go. Uh, so uh, the way my bracket is, starting on the left-hand side at the top is the West. Is that what you have? That's what uh, I have, yes. Okay. All right, so you got Gonzaga versus the winner of the play-in game. I'm taking the Zags. Yep. Okay. You want to just you want to move all the way down? I got Gonzaga in the championship. But we're going. Yeah, let's just, let's just take it down at the time. Uh, Oklahoma, Missouri. Oh, you? Yeah, that's who I'm taking. Oklahoma, uh, Creighton, and uh, Cal Santa Barbara. Now I've got Santa Barbara in this one because Creighton's has kind of struggled down the stretch. At one point, they were really pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say they're going to bounce back. This is one of those five twelve games though, where you get a a uh, an upset or two. But I'm going to take Creighton, Virginia, and Ohio. I think UVA Cavaliers. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, USC versus either uh, Wichita State or Drake. Southern Cal. Yep, that's who I've got. Kansas and Eastern Washington. Do I even need to ask who you take there? Nope. Jayhawks, but yep. Eastern Washington's won 13 out of 14. They're playing pretty well. Yep, I got Kansas as well. Oregon and VCU. Oregon. Yep, me too. Uh, Iowa and Grand Canyon. Iowa. Yes, I've got the Hawkeyes. Michigan and play-in winner. Taking the Wolverines. Oh, yeah, Michigan to, to roll on. Yep. LSU and St. Bonaventure. I'm taking LSU. They played well against Alabama in the championship yes, game. Came up did. a bit short. Yes, they did. Colorado and Georgetown. Georgetown because of the way they played uh, in their conference tournament. And Patrick Ewing got them fired up. Felt like did. he was dissed you getting know who into I am? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're wearing, you're wearing a mask like everybody else is. Maybe I don't know who you are, but I'll take Georgetown there. Florida State and Greensboro. Florida State. You're not gonna you're not gonna give the SoCon any love here, huh? Florida State's a little bit bigger than UNCG. Yep. And congratulations, you know that's fifth consecutive this season. They won at least twenty games, and ETSU had done that. Didn't get there this year, but that's pretty good run by Wes Miller and his group. Yep. Okay, I've got them as well. BYU versus uh, either Michigan State or UCLA. I'll tell you what, I've got BYU. They played really well for a while against Gonzaga in their tournament. You know what? I'm going to take Michigan State to get through and win that game because okay. all, of, all of a sudden they're playing very good basketball. Texas and Abilene Christian. Texas. Yep. Shaka Smart and company. UConn and Maryland. I'm going with Mark Turgeon and the Terps. Maryland. Yeah, I think I am as well. And then uh, Alabama and Iona. Alabama, Rick Patino back in though, huh? Yeah, Head coach of Iona. That's a heck of a story, isn't it? For various and sundry mm -hmm. reasons. All right, on the other side, uh, in the South, Baylor and Hartford. Baylor. Baylor there. Uh, North Carolina and Wisconsin. North Carolina. I'm taking Wisconsin. Yep, that went back and forth on that one. Yep. Villanova and Winthrop. This is a sexy upset pick by people around around the country. It is because Connor Gillespie, the Villanova guard, got hurt, and he's out for the rest of the season a couple games back. But I'm still going to pick Villanova. I like Winthrop, though. We saw him this year. Yeah, Winthrop's only lost once, but uh, I, I kind of agree with you. I'm going to take Villanova here and uh, think that they're just going to be too deep. Purdue and North Texas. 
Purdue. Me too. Uh, Texas Tech and Utah State. I'm taking Texas Tech. Yes. Arkansas and Colgate taking the Razorbacks. Hogs. Yep. Florida and Virginia Tech. Yep. I'm, I'm going Virginia Tech in this one. I think that they, I mean, a tenth C, but I think they're pretty tough. Florida to me has been kind of up and down a little bit this year. And I, I think Virginia Tech's just kind of one of those gritty teams. And I'm going to go with them. Yeah, this is a mild upset. I'm taking Virginia Tech as well. Ohio State, Oral Roberts. Ohio State. Ohio State. Uh, Illinois and Drexel. The Illini. Pick the Illini over the Dragons. Uh, Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech. How about this one? You know, we know Loyola Chicago story from a couple of years back, and Furman's played them, but I'm going to go with Georgia Tech. Ninth seed, they win the ACC tournament. Right? Yeah, let's 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 take the textures here. Tennessee, Oregon State. Tennessee. Uh, that's who I've got. Oklahoma State and Liberty. Cowboys, OSU playing well. Yep, they are. San Diego State and Syracuse. I've got San Diego State. I'm going to take Syracuse. I'm the funky. They uh, make a run, don't they? Funky zone defense is going to cause them problems. West Virginia and Moorhead State. Yep, West Virginia. Yeah, me too. Clemson. You got that. Clemson and Rutgers. You know, I kind of went back and forth on this, but I'm going to go with Clemson. But I think Rutgers at times is pretty good in the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm taking Clemson as well. And then Houston and Cleveland State. Houston. Calvin Sampson's got them playing well. All right. So, uh, Back to the left side of the bracket. Gonzaga, Oklahoma. Uh, Gonzaga. All right. Creighton and Virginia. Virginia. Yep, me too. USC and Kansas. KU, Jayhawks. I got Kansas there. Oregon and Iowa. Iowa. I think I agree with you there. Michigan and LSU. Michigan. I'll take Michigan as well. My son-in-law will be proud of me. (laughs) Georgetown and Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, I think Georgetown's run comes to an end there. Michigan State and Texas. Texas. You didn't have Michigan State. I did. Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to take Texas beating BYU. Yeah, but I'm going to take Michigan State to win that one as well. Okay. Maryland, Alabama. Alabama. Yep, me too. Uh. Baylor, and I had Wisconsin. You had North Carolina. Baylor. Yep, I got Baylor there. Uh, Villanova is who I had. I think that's who you had as well. And yep. and Purdue. Purdue. I'm going to go one more with Villanova. I think I'm going to ride them there, and that's going to be it. Texas Tech and Arkansas. Uh, I'll tell you what, I like Texas Tech, but I think the way Arkansas has played for most of the year, I'll take them. All right, I'm going to take Texas Tech. Virginia Tech and Ohio State. Ohio State. Yep, me too. Uh, Illinois and Georgia Tech. Illinois, they roll on. Yeah, there's some people who think they might win the whole shooting match. Tennessee, Oklahoma State. I'm going with uh, Oklahoma State. Tennessee's been up and down a little bit. OSU's been tough down the stretch. I'm going to take Tennessee. Rick Barnes with a little revival. Syracuse Mm -hmm. and WVU. I've got West Virginia. Uh, So do I. i got to pick my homeboys. And then Clemson and Houston. Houston. Houston's playing pretty well. Quentin Grimes transferred from Kansas a couple years ago. Yeah, I want to take Clemson there, but I just don't think they'll win the game. All right, then uh, Sweet 16, I've got Gonzaga and Virginia. Uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, me too. Kansas and Iowa. Again, I'm all, you know. I'm a Kansas guy. I went to school there. I I picked them to win the championship every year. I didn't do it this year, but I'm, I picked them over Iowa. That would be, they'd have to play really well, and they're, 
the whole COVID situation with KU right now could change things. All right, this is where we part company. I took Iowa. Uh, uh, I understand that totally. <laughs> all you right, know, sometimes uh, loyalty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got Michigan. I've got Michigan versus Florida State. Is that who you have? Yeah, I do. I'm taking Michigan. I'm, ta- you know, I'm taking Florida State. Really? Okay. Yep. I just think they're big enough, and they have it. Michigan's obviously really, really good too. All I mean, right. Florida State's kind of been up and down, but they, I'm going to go with the Seminoles. All right, my my bracket then is uh, Michigan State, Alabama. I think you have Texas, Alabama, right? Texas, Alabama. I'm going with the Longhorns. I'm going with Alabama. All right, uh, Baylor, Villanova. Baylor, or, or for you, I think it's Baylor, Purdue, yeah. right? Right. All right, I got Baylor there. I've got Texas Tech, Ohio State. I think you have Arkansas, Ohio State, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm Ohio going, State. Yeah, me too. Ohio State. Uh, Illinois. I've got Tennessee. You've got Oklahoma State. Illinois. Yep. I'm taking the Illini. Um, I've got West Virginia and Houston here. Who do you have? I'm taking. I'm taking your Mountaineers, man. I'm taking Houston. This okay. is where I'm. This is where Bob Bobby we're comes part, to. Part, yep. yeah, loyalty part. Yeah, that's where I'm going to get hurt. You, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. All right, quickly. Uh, Elite yeah. Eight. I've got Gonzaga, Iowa. Gonzaga beats the Jayhawks. Yep. You got okay, Iowa. You got Kansas. Okay. Uh, yeah. Michigan, Alabama. Uh, I've I got have Florida there. State and Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm. T- I'm actually taking Florida State to get the Final Four. Okay. Uh, then I've got Baylor versus Ohio State. I've got Baylor winning this game. That's that's an iffy pick to a certain extent. The way Baylor's come off the COVID pause and the way Ohio State's playing, but I'm a Big Twelve guy. I'm going with Baylor. Uh, Illinois, Houston. Is who Illinois. I have. Is who I have. <laughs> oh, I've got Illinois. Okay, so I've got all four number ones making it to the Final Four. <laughs> you going shock? Are you? Huh? Yeah, and, and you, right. we know that that almost never happens. No, right. yep. My my first matchup, I've got Gonzaga, Michigan. I'm going to take Gonzaga. Yeah, I've got Gonzaga, FSU, and I'm going with the Zags. And then uh, Baylor, Illinois is what I have. I'm going to go Baylor. I'm going. I actually, even though I'm a Big Twelve guy, I'm going to Illinois. All right, uh, championship game. I've got Gonzaga, Baylor. I'm going to say the Zags are going to finish it. First time since '76, we're going to have an undefeated champion. That's the way I went as well. Oh, all right. Gonzaga to win it over Illinois. All right. We are way late for a break, but I think it was worth it. We'll come back. Dave Glenn will join us, and we'll continue in just a moment. Stay with us. Sometimes in life, you simply need to treat yourself to the best. And every time you lift a refreshing soda from Hank's Beverages to your lips, you're simply already a winner. It doesn't matter if it's a root beer, orange cream, vanilla cream, black cherry, or grape soda. There's a reason Hank's Beverages has been known as Philly's best for well more than a decade. Find Hank's online at hanksbeverages.net or you can find their product here in the upstate at Ingalls Supermarkets, Lowe's Grocery Store. Dan Scott here for the Atlanta Bread Company. What do I like about Atlanta Bread? Well, too much to mention in a short commercial, but here are a few things. Bread baked daily fresh on site, a tremendous selection of soup, sandwiches, and salads, seasonal special additions to the menu, delicious hot coffee, and a bevy of other drink options, and yeah, can't forget about the baked sweet goodies. Dine in or carry out, and when you have the Atlanta Bread Company app, you can order and pay online, then breeze past the lines to the pickup counter to get your food. Experience it for yourself. 
That's the Atlanta Bread Company, Cherrydale Point in Greenville. Let me tell you something, Cowboy. This rookie can really bring the heat. He's smoky and spicy with a Chipotle style all his own. It's a new Montgomery and Chipotle barbecue sauce. Make it a part of your home team. Available now at your neighborhood grocer or online at cincyfavorites.com. Wars and Harris Teeter. After a bit of an extended first segment, we are back. Good to have you along with us. Another Monday, another week, radio show slash podcast. And uh, thank you, as always, for joining us and spending the time with us here uh, on the show. We are going to get right to it because our time is uh, running a little shorter than normal because of Tom and I picking the bracket live a moment ago. Dave Glenn here. He is, uh, of course, the uh, founder of accsports.com, writes for theathletic.com and its subsite, Athletic Carolina. Professor Glenn now, and um, all the other things that he does on a regular basis. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Dan. Good to be with you and Tom again, as always. So, going back in history, which is something that we do, uh, every time that you were on the show, the week of the NCAA tournament, I would ask you for your final four, and every week or every year, you would say, uh, I'm no. not going to give you my final four <laughs> for various and sundry reasons. Um, but but uh, you, you say perhaps things have changed a little bit here. Well, Dan, two things. One, this is the first time in more than two decades that I would be joining you at this time of year, and I don't have my own daily sports radio platform. Right. And two, if I'm going to ever break my usual rules, it's going to be with somebody that I've been with for a couple of decades. I like it. So I'll tell you this. By the end of our meeting, given my respect for the two of you, you'll help me pick my fourth finalist because here's what I have. I have number one seed Gonzaga in the final four. Mm -hmm. I believe these Zags are for real, and I believe they're the best bet you know, don't bet the kids' college tuition fund, but I believe they're the best bet. I think it's different this year than even some other highly regarded Zags teams we've seen in the past. I have Illinois, another number one seed, in my final four. I have Ohio State, a two seed, in my final four. And I have not just wrapped my brain around the East bracket uh, so, so you can help me there. I have a good friend who's uh, the head coach at Texas and Shaka Smart. So if I wanted to get sentimental, I might pick the number three seed Longhorns who just, that they just won the big 12 championship for the first time in school history. I was really happy for former Clemson assistant basketball coach mm-hmm. Shaka Smart. Yep. Uh, that's when I got to know him actually. That's why we're still friends. I knew him before he was famous. Um, so anyway, I, I'm, I don't know what to think in the East, but those are my feelings in the other three. And let me throw one stat at you that might help you all or your, or your listeners. Uh, even though we love discussing Cinderella as part of the NCAA tournament and that phenomenon, top three seeds have won the NCAA title 88% of the time. So eight out, eight out of every nine years, it's somebody from the top three seed line yep. that wins this thing, well, uh, at least since the tournament has been seeded starting in 1979. And 
as much as we love Cinderella stories, they usually only make it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four, right. and that's the end of that. Well, I, I will tell you, how many times in history have all four number ones made it to the Final Four? It's only been once or twice, right? I know it happened in 2008. Mm-hmm. Which was the first time ever. If it happened, yeah, if it happened prior to that, I don't remember it, yeah. but then, of course, that gets many years ago. But, right. yeah, it happened in 2008 when Kansas won it all. Memphis, North Carolina, and UCLA were the other uh, number one seeds. Well, as, uh, as, as, Tom, as Tom and I picked our brackets live uh, on the air in the previous segment, somehow I ended up, when, and I never do this, I don't think I've ever done it before, but I ended up with all four number one seeds in the Final Four. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, for those who believe in numbers and data, et cetera, I, I think sort of the, the history, as you put it, suggests that most years a couple of number ones are going to make it. If you want to win your bracket, basically you have to be smart enough to figure out which two or maybe three of the four number ones are going to make it and which are not. And then you know, usually there is somebody from outside the top three seed lines. You know, it, it was Auburn a couple of years ago that made it to the final four Remember, uh, Loyola Chicago made it as an 11 seed three years ago, South Carolina in your backyard made it as a seven seed four years ago, Syracuse. Remember that Jim Beheim mm-hmm. team uh, five years ago, they made it to the final four as a 10 seed. So I, I think maybe sort of the ideal bracket approach, if there is such a thing is take your two favorite number ones, take a two, three or four, and then get a little crazy with your fourth. So may, maybe I'll get a little crazy with my East pick by the end of our conversation today. I don't know. Tom? Well, Dave, I, I've got Florida State beating Texas in the East and the Seminoles going to the Final Four. That would um, qualify. You know, uh, yeah. Maybe that's my – I think Tom just gave me he, – he just, he just finished my bracket for me because I don't think that's a crazy pick at all. I love Texas for beyond the sentimental reasons – and I do believe that, of course, the numbers tell us that UVA and Florida State are the two best examples from the ACC this year of having a chance, seed-wise and otherwise. I think the Seminoles benefit from the fact that, and so do the Cavaliers, but in a totally different way, there just aren't teams that play that way. You, you don't run into a lot of long, athletic, you know, offensively diverse teams the way the Seminoles are. And you certainly don't run into that super slow tempo with the pack line defense and, and the Tony Bennett style very often either. So this year, the two best ACC teams have those stylistic things, I think, working to their advantage. You know, maybe the Bayheim zone does that for Syracuse sometimes. You don't see that very often. But I like your pick, Tom. I think the Seminoles are legit. I was surprised they lost to Georgia Tech in the ACC title game. Um, but I think that's a, a good pick. That's a confident basketball team. While you two are sitting here talking, uh, I'm, I'm just reviewing what I did on my bracket. Not only do I have all four number ones in the final four, but I've got number one versus number two in every Elite Eight matchup. What kind of front, what kind of front runner am I? I, I have never once thought of you as even mildly boring, Dan Scott. Today might be the day. Today, today, is, today is the day. But, but as Tom will tell you, Dave, I, I got to this honestly. I mean, there, I there, there was there was there was no research or anything at all, and 
you know, I even went, I tell you what, I went against one instinct because I'm a West Virginia guy, like Tom's a Kansas guy. I wanted to take WVU over Houston in the Sweet 16. I decided not to. That that might be the one place I waver. But I thought to myself, if I take them there, I'm going to do something stupid like take them through the whole thing. And they're not good enough to win the whole thing. Well, you know me well enough by now to know that my logical brain has a hard time picking underdogs too. So when I'm looking at stuff, I, I often end up not with chalk brackets, but I, I lean a little bit toward the chalk side of things because I just can't talk my – I've been watching these teams all year. Why Why is this lower-seeded team you know, going to shock this higher-seeded team? But you guys know what happens. Every time you think it's a logical world – you know what the number one reason I thought Georgia Tech would not win the ACC title was? I didn't think they had the depth to win three games in three days. Well, throw that logic out the window because they didn't have to win three games in three days. They got a bye in the middle. That doesn't happen. But, yeah, that shows you how far logic can take you sometimes. Georgia Tech, Josh Pastner basically trusts four players. And that's good enough to build a quality regular season because those four, you know, Moses Wright Player of the Year, Jose Alvarado, an amazing senior point guard, those four he trusts are really, really good. But when you're trying to win three games in three days, and hypothetically it would have been Florida State as the third of those three in three days, FSU experienced and deep and long and all that, and I just didn't think the Yellow Jackets could pull that off. Well, they didn't pull that off, but they still cut down the nets because they got the UVA COVID break. And, of course, they earned it. I'm not taking anything away from the Jackets. I, I actually love their story, given that Moses Wright was a total unknown player out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Jose Alvarado wasn't an unknown, but wasn't a prep All-American out of New York City either. And Josh Pastner, to his credit, with his job on the line this year, took a senior point guard that most others didn't want or didn't think was ACC caliber, and a senior big man that truly nobody wanted in the power conferences. And they were his cornerstones on an ACC championship team at a school that hadn't won one in a long time. Mm -hmm. So did logic tell us Georgia Tech was going to do that in Greensboro? Heck no. But it happened. Dave, because Tom and I ran so long, we've only got about five or six minutes left, yeah. uh, which benefits you, I think, having to get on the road here in a minute. But uh, if someone had told you at the beginning of this season that, A, we were going to finish the season, and that would obviously be the precursor, but we would finish it, the ACC would get seven teams in the tournament, but among those seven would not be Louisville or Duke. Uh, would you have bet the farm on that? No, I would not have believed you if you said that. And we've discussed this on your show this year. One of the conclusions for this season is that not all prep All-Americans are created equal. And where one of the reasons you've been able to just assume Duke was going to be really good every year, even though they would lose guys early to the NBA every year, was that the next generation was providing a Zion Williamson or an R.J. Barrett or a Jalil Okafor or a Trey Jones. These guys weren't just nice players as freshmen. They were all ACC or sometimes All-Americans as freshmen. And it just didn't happen with this. Duke only had four returning scholarship players. So, of course, you needed one or more of them to get a lot better, and only Matthew Hurt did. He was a very good sophomore. And you needed one or more of the incoming freshmen to be not just good, but really, really good. And that just didn't happen. So I'm, I was shocked by the evolution of Duke's season. And then I was surprised this weekend when Louisville was basically the first team out. Theoretically, they could get in between us recording this 
and uh, Tuesday night when the bracket is locked, if, for those who don't know those rules, if somebody comes down with enough COVID cases that they can't field a team, they're going to start plucking teams from the top of the NIT bracket. And Louisville's number one on that list, so maybe the ACC grows to eight. Uh, I would have believed a seven or eight for the ACC. That part I would have got right. I just wouldn't have named the seven or eight correctly uh, four or five months ago. Hey, Dave, back to Josh Passion for a moment. I mean, I watched a lot of Georgia Tech games this year, and I thought, is this guy doing his Elvis Presley impersonation with those sideburns or what? And, and I, do you know the story behind the fact that, you know, he said he, he wasn't going to cut his hair during the entire season and all and everything, but I thought that was a pretty interesting story. Well, it's funny, Tom, at UNC Wilmington, where I'm teaching now, they, they do have a variety of rules for interacting with your face-to-face -face students. And one of them is, one of your options is wearing that face shield, which really yeah. looks kind of geeky and the students laugh. And I mean, it literally is labeled fa face shield across your forehead. <laughs> so it's not exactly the slickest, coolest look for the old guy coming to town to teach a sports media class. And Josh Pastner turned it into a joke. He turned it into a good luck charm. Uh, you saw him have a lot of fun in a lot of ways, whether it was those mutton style chops on the side or, you know, his COVID basketball, if you remember that, uh, you know, spiking it in the locker room. It was a mock. Uh, oh, yeah. The, 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 the little the pinata, yeah. Yeah, the pinata, correct. So, and yeah, and then he, the face shield turned into a good luck charm because what, 95% of head coaches were wearing the masks instead, uh, sometimes drooped around their chin, but, but most coaches just opted for the masks instead of the face shield. And Josh Pastor said, I'm not messing with the mojo here. So he had a lot of fun with it all the way to the end. Hey, Dave, one thing just popped into my email. Uh, so for us, it's breaking news. It'll be old news by the time this airs. But the Atlantic Coast Conference just announced that it is eliminating the interconference transfer rule. In other words, now a player can transfer from one ACC school to another and be eligible immediately. That was not the case in the past. You like that? I do. I think this is just one example of a trend we're going to see grow where we're going to find out a new amateurism model at some point in the not-too-distant future for the NCAA as a whole. You guys know they've been discussing a, a one-time transfer rule that you, even if it's a conventional transfer, everybody gets to kind of wave a magic wand one time and change schools without that old-fashioned sit-out year. So this is just a, an in-conference move stepping in that direction. So it doesn't surprise me at all. I understand why some people don't like the concept of free agency in college basketball. But as we've discussed on your show over the years, th this has just become such a multi-billion dollar industry where the athletes are the workers. I think we need to give the athletes, you know, as much benefit of the doubt as possible with these rules, uh, given the reality that their compensation, in air quotes, is room, board, tuition, cost of attendance adjustment. Uh, and you could argue some other things, but I think it's, it's fair to just – pull away as many of these uh, punitive restrictions as possible. All right, Dave, tell folks how they can follow what you do on a daily basis. On Twitter, at David Glenn Show. I'll try to tweet more bracket nuggets and tidbits and advice, if you want to call it that. And as always, check out accsports.com. Check out theathletic.com when you get a chance. A lot of great sports writing there uh, at this point on an international basis at theathletic.com. 
Good stuff, as always, my friend. Enjoy your class today. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Always fun to be with you all. Have a great week. All right. See you next. We will be back to put a wrap on things in just a moment. I want to take just a moment here to tell you about my friend, chiropractor Brian Dooley in Pickens Family Chiropractic in downtown Pickens, South Carolina. He's been my chiropractor. I had some issues a number of years ago and went to him. He has the most modern technology, computerized posture and spinal scans. He took care of my issues. He will take care of yours as well. He's been serving the entire family with chiropractic services since 2007. To lead your best life, you need a healthy spine. Hit a home run for your health with chiropractic care from Brian Dooley and Pickens Family Chiropractic. You can find more at the website, PickensFamilyChiropractic.com, or call 864-898-3300. That's 864-898-3300. You can also schedule appointments online via the Facebook page, Pickens Family Chiropractic, LLC. Brian Dooley and Pickens Family Chiropractic. Tell them Dan Scott sent you. Episode 30 of Grumpy Old Broadcasters coming to a close. Our thanks to Dave Glenn and Tom Van Hoy for joining us as per usual. Good stuff as always. Uh, what does your bracket look like? We'd love to hear from you. You can uh, leave us a comment any place you get the podcast uh, or email me, thedanscottshow at gmail.com. We'd love to see what your bracket looks like and, and uh, hear who your final four is. Would just love to hear your feedback on the podcast. And uh, again, you get it wherever podcasts are available and uh, share it, like, and help us grow this thing. Uh, help us uh, help us continue to move forward. We've been doing this for uh, right at one year. I think last week was the one year anniversary of the very first episode. Have it done 52 episodes. We, we just started going back uh, a couple of months ago doing one every single week. But uh, bottom line is we're, we're doing it. We're trying to improve it and want to get uh, your feedback on it. So drop us a line, let us know what you think, and then like it, share it, and uh, help us grow. Uh, let's see, what else do we need to do? We need to thank uh, all of our sponsors. Tadaro Pizza is our presenting sponsor. Uh, John and the folks there, again, just doing such fantastic work. The pizza is off the absolute chart, I promise you. They're uh, located on Markley Street in the west end of downtown Greenville, just down from Floor Field. Tadaropizza.com is the website, T-O-D-A-R-O-Pizza.com. Also, uh, for those who have just jumped on board with us, thank you so much, Ed Patterson and State Farm Insurance in Greenville, Hank's Beverage in Greenville, the Atlanta Bread Company uh, at Cherrydale, Pickens Family Chiropractic, and uh, Brian Dooley uh, in downtown Pickens. Uh, love that guy and the work he's done. He has worked on my back and I can promise you, you're gonna you're gonna get what you need when you go see him, and the Hall of Fame Sports Grill, Wade Hampton Boulevard in Greenville, where you need to check out their bracket contest. They have a ton of great prizes for their March Madness bracket, so check that out uh, and uh, join that contest today. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week with another edition of Grumpy Old Broadcasters. Hope that uh, you'll join us. Where are you, music? There you are. At the fire, my producer then there wouldn't be anybody to host the show. Anyway, this has been episode 30. And we'll talk to you again next time. Until then, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you and so long, everybody.